Coming to you from the Sunshine State, this is Create Brand Envy, a podcast dedicated to entrepreneurs and business owners discussing businesses, marketing, leadership, and best practices in this ever-changing business landscape. Every week, we'll introduce you to a different business leader that has taken their company to new heights despite the odds. Learn, engage, and thrive. This is Create Brand Envy. And now your host, president and CEO of Brand Envy, Nicole Alisea. Have you ever come up with a great idea? You think to yourself, wouldn't it be great if... And then that's as far as the idea goes because you don't even know where to start. Guess what? You're not alone. Most people get stuck in the idea phase when they've identified a significant gap and come up with a solution. Sadly, many times the idea dies within them. Today's guest is Isabel Norton. This episode will give you a peek under the hood of the Robert Norton Foundation, which provides communication devices for families with nonverbal autistic children. You'll hear how Robert Norton's mom, Isabel Norton, came up with the idea and put a plan into action to help her son, Robert, and hundreds of other families like hers that also need this crucial communication device to thrive. So don't get stuck at, wouldn't it be great if... And learn how Isabel worked to make her idea a living and breathing reality that is helping hundreds of families today. But before we dive into that, I want to address the recent school shooting. I want to encourage schools and any facility where many people gather to look into our client, Clear Armor. Clear Armor can apply bullet-resistant one-way laminate to any building's existing interior and exterior glass. Now, the point of laminating interior glass is to create safe rooms effectively. That means that when an active shooter penetrates the building and the entire school goes on lockdown, most students can be safe exactly where they are, in their classrooms or in a closet. This bullet-resistant laminate is also one-way, which means that you can break out of it, but you can't break into it. You can also fire defensive shots while using the glass as your shield. I can't think of a better product to protect our schools, places of worship, government buildings, and more. As if that weren't enough, Clear Armor is so committed to the lives they are called to protect that they also offer crisis training to all responsible staff and faculty to empower them to administer life-saving, stop-the-bleed, first aid while they wait for help to arrive. And the cost of this product, the Clear Armor product, is cheaper than installing new carpeting. They've worked hard to make their product affordable and reliable. In fact, they are the sole source provider of their product and hold a world patent for it. If you or someone you know is in charge of school safety and security, please visit clear-armor.com. That's clear-armor, A-R-M-O-R.com. Now, on to today's interview. The reason why... I decided to invite you is because you actually started a foundation and I know there's a lot of people who have have thought about starting a nonprofit, something that right does good for the community or does good for a a community of people in your case. Um, but they just have no idea how to go about it. Um, I know, I (laughs) believe that to become a 501c3, mm-hmm. you have to have very specific requirement, like a board, like it's just very complicated. And so I'm hoping that you can share 
you know, your, your vision, your mission, your cause, uh, and, and also explain the nuts and bolts of what went into actually pulling this off. Uh, so that if somebody else is listening and has had in their heart to want to start a foundation or want to do a nonprofit, they can take some nuggets that you've shared from your experience and hopefully run with it and do good in the world. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on today. I really appreciate it. And you are correct. I did start a 501c nonprofit organization. Our name is the Robert Norton Foundation. And starting the nonprofit for me was almost like a no-brainer. I immediately um, identified a huge like gap in where children with autism, who my son, Robert Norton, is autistic, nonverbal. He's nine years old. He was diagnosed at the age of two and a half, right before he turned tr three. And we have been working with speech therapists. We later started off with occupational therapy. And I think it was around the age of four, four and a half, I had an evaluation for him at um, St. Joseph's Children's Hospital in St. Pete. And they came out and they did the evaluation. Like, oh, he'd be great. Like he would be a great candidate for a child to use a AAC device which is augmentative communication device. I'm like, okay, great. So what does that look like? What do I need to do? What are the next steps? Like I want to help my child communicate. Sure. That is the biggest source of his frustrations. I mean, imagine going on your whole life without being able to speak your needs and wants or communicate at all. Mm -hmm. So I was or like, explode. okay, what do I need to do? <laughs> and they're like, well, you know, you, there, we have waiting lists, but if you want to buy it, um, the communication device are anywhere between four and $7,000. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, that's kind of crazy. Like, first of all, like when you're a parent and you have multiple children, especially children with, with um, a disability, like you're already paying a lot of money for their therapies because if you're not, depending on your income and everything else, like you don't get Medicaid or Medicare, like you have to pay for it on your own. It's the, and the people that um, get screwed mm -hmm. are the ones that make too much to be considered, considered for, too much, and who make not enough to actually be able to afford it, like Correct. that middle class. So there's a huge gap. There's a huge gap, and it, and, and in many ways, it's almost beneficial to be poor, which is such a messed up Listen, thing. You have no idea how many parents I meet with children who have autism who make themselves poor. Yes, be, who so keep that they themselves can, within yes. an income bracket. Yeah just so they can get the benefits from the government. Which is so messed up, but th that's not the topic of conversation today. Let's <laughs> no, move on. <laughs> it's not. So went to that um, evaluation. I got super disheartened and I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like how? how? So from there on, um, it was a couple years into it that we had tried through the school system because, hey, the school system, especially in Hillsborough County, that's where my son goes to school. They have these programs, but- it is literally like moving at the pace of a snail. Like, oh, we have to collect data. We have to do these evaluations within the classroom. The AAC specialist has to come out. And I'm telling you, he's been in that school now, which, listen, I love his school. He's in an amazing school. I'm super grateful. The teachers and the staff are amazing. I've lucked out in every single way. But still, the school system is way too slow mm -hmm. and the way that all that works. So the 501C came about because... I have to give credit where credit is due. And my partner, who's a software developer, we've been together for five years. He met Robert, I think we were almost two years into our relationship before he met my kiddos. Good. I was very, very protective of them. Yeah. I was like, no, mm -mm, we've been through a lot. <laughs> I don't yeah. need to introduce anybody that's not going to be a part of their lives for long term. 
So we definitely took our time there. And then Mark was like, why don't we do this ourselves? Like we had, there's actually apps people can download for their iPads and things of that nature, but you still have to pay for them. And they're so convoluted and they're so not user-friendly in my opinion. Right. Because I downloaded a couple of them and then later come to find out, actually speaking with my son's therapist, they're like, you know what? These are great, but they were especially designed for people who knew how to communicate just for some whatever reason, like frontal lobe, like dementia. Like I know um, Mm -hmm. Bruce Willis has been a big topic lately about that uh, disease and they, they kind of lose their ability to speak or stroke or right. whatever other disease that causes them for whatever to lose their ability to speak, mm-hmm. but they know how to communicate. They know how to put language together. So a lot of these apps have been created for people who know how to communicate, just for, lost their ability to do so. Mm-hmm. So when you're teaching a child how to communicate, I mean, you're a mother, you have a four-year-old, uh, their emotions take almost all of their you know ability to process, right? Their emotions are the first thing they 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 kind of communicate. I'm mad and they re- they react in a in a way that you're like why are you screaming at me? Because in that moment that to them is like the end all be all. Like that's the only thing they can think of. I have a 3-year-old. Yeah, you said yeah. And I know all about this. Correct. So trying to teach a child language and yeah. how to properly communicate takes time. So and it sh- and it should be in my opinion very simple. Like it doesn't have to be all these convoluted where I have to hit a button to go back to hit like I want. And then what do you want? And then go for food. Or it's- well, wait, let, let's just kind of back up. So I have autism in my family. Mm-hmm. My my aunt ha- has an autistic son. When I got pregnant with Victoria, I waited till I was like 35 to get pregnant. And I, I knew, I, I remember asking the school, cause like I was touring schools even before, like when I was pregnant, I'm walking around the school, like, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get her into schools. It's very competitive. And so I was like, what if my child is born with, you know, some, and, and any kind of special needs, right. um, you know, cause we're about to give a non-refundable deposit. So, and, and, you know, and I'm, I, you know, like, I don't <laughs> and you're know, pregnant, yeah. I want to, you know, cover all my bases. And she was like, well, then at that time we'll do an evaluation and then we'll, you know, do rec, you know, we'll, will we'll recommend appropriate placement um, for that child. Yeah. For that child. Oh, I wanted to uh, backtrack in terms of like what kind of, so, so there's a spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. What kind of autism does Robert have? So it's really funny. Cause I get, I, let me back that track real quick. Sure. I feel like if you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. And right. I say that because the spectrum, you called it a spectrum. It is so incredibly broad. Very, very Just broad. Just even in the recent few years, they added ADHD under the spectrum of, <laughs> of autism, right? And I, looking back on it, I can see why. A lot of the ADHD um, symptoms, shall we call it, reflect, they can mimic the ones from autism. So a lot of people are like, wait, are you ADHD or do you have autism? Like it's kind of hard. They kind of get muddled in between. Like it's kind of a gray area. So I can see why they put it under the spectrum, but there are two separate things, right? So let's talk about like just autism awareness. Like mm-hmm. what, how would you, uh, as a mother of an autistic child, how would you, you know, define autism? I wish I could give you like a specific like definition, but there isn't one because or again- even a broad definition. So I can, I can share my experience with autism through my child. Okay. So, okay. So Robert is again, autistic, nonverbal. So he doesn't speak. He- he has the ability to say words, but on command, like on demand, like, like, Hey Robert, can you say mama? He'll say mama. Hey Robert, say papa, papa. Like he has, it's a very limited he can repeat. He can repeat like a mimic. He can mimic. Correct. So, but it's not like a, 
what do they call it? Like a natural thing where he, he, he just- He doesn't go, mama. Nope. He doesn't look at me and say, hey, mama. Mm-hmm. Nope. I have to say, like point to myself, Robert, who am I? Mama. Gotcha. Like he'll, he'll repeat it, but not, it doesn't come naturally to him. So he's nonverbal. Number two, Robert has a sensory disorder, which um, for him, it can mimic in the way of like, he gets, like he moves a lot. That kid does not sit still. Like when I see my son sit laying down mm-hmm. or being still, I'm like, hmm, you're not feeling well. <laughs> my my cousin with autism was, cons- he was so muscular because he could not stop moving. Like his legs and like everything, he was just like constantly jumping constantly up and moving. down and moving. And I mean, he it's was- It's like, it's like the brain just can't stop. Yeah. So it's constantly processing. He also has this things with textures. Like he likes to touch things. That's why I feel like he learns best is through touch. Okay. Like he will grab what, like if you have a pen laying by, he'll just grab it, kind of put it through his mouth, like touch it, feel it, look at it. Like everything is very sensory, very tactile. Hmm. Um, we had for a long time issues with him eating because he had preferred foods. There was no rhyme or reason to it because he would eat anything from like mashed potatoes where it's are mushy mm-hmm. and like a chicken nugget, which is crunchy. So it wasn't mm-hmm. a texture thing. I think it was just like a preference thing for like the longest time. I, sh- I swear to God, I should have invested in craft because that kid ate so much mac and cheese. I, I probably should have bought some stock. My daughter, craft. My daughter <laughs> eats peanut butter and jelly sandwich every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Seven days a week, like even on the weekends. Oh yeah, and oh, yeah. like I actually asked the pediatrician. I'm like, hey, is she going to be like nutritionally deficient? She, the, no. she was like, don't no. worry about it. My son's been eating the same thing for lunch for they, seven years. They like, eventually they're fine. They, quote unquote, yeah. outgrow it. Exactly. Now, for me to get Robert to eat like um, like any sort of vegetable, it took like they normally say. I think you have to present like a food to a child. Fifty. To eight, I forget. I'm not. Don't quote me on that one. But there's. The number's really high, mm-hmm. like repeating it, repeating mm-hmm. it and repeating it. And it took years for Robert to finally pick up a piece of broccoli and eat it. Wow. But it was that constant, like, nope, we're doing yeah. this. Nope, we're doing this. Same thing with his haircuts. I almost have, I think it was like two or three months ago, I took him for a haircut. I take him to the same place, same like location. We He knows what he's there for. I'm the one who takes him every time. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in his entire life, he's been getting haircuts since he was 11 months old because the kid had a lot of hair. He sat down in the chair. The lady put the little cape on him and he just sat and smiled the whole time he took to get a haircut. I wanted to cry. Like that was such a big win for me and for us as a family to like, oh my God, we did this. Robert, you got a haircut. See, like, yay, you did it. And we celebrate like all those little which are not so little for us. Mm-hmm. Like many parents don't even think about, oh, you took your kid for a haircut. What's the big deal? Trust me, it is a big deal, mm-hmm. especially for us. So Robert has sensory disorder. He had trouble with toileting, like potty training. We got number one fairly easy, like done. He would That was not a problem. Number two, it took us to almost last year. And he's nine. He'll be 10 this summer. Did he use diapers or? We would use pull-ups. Okay. He, we would, it was like a constant battle of him. Like he would scramble to find the pull-ups, even though- he knew he could use the potty. It was more again sensory, like a release right. type thing, right? And then there was cleaning himself. So for, there's been a lot of little challenges that many people don't even think of mm-hmm. because they're like, oh, I did this, you know, when my kid was two or three, like, oh my God, he's 10. I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like developmentally, Robert in many stages is very far behind. Mm-hmm. Now it's also been challenging to figure out exactly where he is in terms of his knowledge because of his communication. Right. Right. So we do evaluate him at school. The teachers do the test or whatever. And they're like, he's so smart. 
Really? He gets really bored though. How does he communicate? I, I guess pointing mm -hmm. maybe? I'm, uh... Even the pointer finger. That was another thing. Like, you know, most toddlers at a certain age, like start pointing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Robert, that's a milestone. Robert never did that. He would use his thumb. Like when we had an iPad and we would play like the matching games, mm -hmm. like, oh, mm -hmm. match the dress to the dress, all these little quote unquote toddler educational yeah. apps. Yeah. He would use his thumb. Interesting. So he never used his pointer finger. So that was another thing that we had to work on continuously. And it probably took us like two or three years to finally get into it on his own. Just to, so Robert would initially communicate by grabbing your hand and taking you to whatever he wanted. Mm -hmm. So when he was at home as a toddler, it was not a big deal, you know, because it was funny. I had to train myself, oddly enough, to allow him to ask. Because I feel like, I don't know if it's a cultural thing. I don't know if there's some mother instincts kick in. I don't know. But I already, I could tell what my son wanted even before he did. Gotcha. Like he would walk in the kitchen. I'm like, I know what you want. So I would kind of get it for him. Yeah, that's not good. Kind of try to avoid the tantrums. Because when I saw my son for the first time ever have a huge tantrum and hit his, his head on the tile floor repeatedly, and that happened when he was like two. Oh my God. I, I, you immediately go into a panic mode. I'm like, oh my God, my child's going to like- It's hurt break himself. Their, yeah, break yeah, their yeah. skull open. Yes, yes, yes. All yeah. just because I said no to a cookie. Yeah. Like, and then that gets into a loop of like, well, then correct. should I just give him everything to avoid? I mean, I yes. have a, a quote unquote normal child and I struggle with, you know, telling myself you cannot, you're going to spoil her. Like you have mm -hmm. to, and I even work on the same thing about the communication thing. Sometimes she'll, she'll, she'll be like, she'll be like, uh, uh, and I'm like, use, use your, your words. words. Yeah. So <laughs> I know what she wants, so, but I, I can't yes. give into her because then she's not learning to use you Correct. Know, a tool she has. So that for me was such a big thing because I did not know how to handle that. I'm like, what do I do to avoid that? So my instincts immediately were like, avoid it at all costs. Like, I don't want my child to hurt themselves. Mm -hmm. So I had to retrain myself to allow him to ask for things. And then even though he asks, he doesn't get everything he wants. Right. The same In the same reasoning, right? Like, it's called denied access, actually, in uh, ABA therapy, which he is in, mm -hmm. applied behavior analysis. We denied access certain things just because it may not be appropriate. Sure, or safe. Or, or whatever, safe. Yeah. What, like, those are the things we have to learn as, as to be independent in some sort of way. How do you deal with his reaction, his, I'm assuming, violent reaction when you say no? So thank God we worked really, really hard with him at a young age and we were able to kind of move past those big tantrums. I'm not saying they don't happen because they do, but we've, it kind of changed into him. I think he figured out that, hey, if I hit my head on the floor, it's going to hurt. Okay, good. good. So, and it, his pain tolerance, I also noticed, was incredibly high. So is his sensory in terms of like heat. There was one day he was taking a shower and I go into my closet to grab a towel or something and I come back out and I see all this steam coming out of the shower and I'm like, I know the shower wasn't that hot. So I immediately open the door, touch the water and it's scolding and he's standing there like nothing. He's just looking at me like what? You know, you can change the max temperature. Oh, immediately. The, yeah. As soon as we got out of the shower, <laughs> I had a handyman come, come out and, and change, change all of them. Yeah. And yeah. even change the setting of my um, heater. Yeah. In the water heater. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. In the water heater. Oh, no, like you can, it, but it'll you can actually hit. change the actual, um, como se dice? The handle, there's a there's a uh, valve in there and the oh. actual wall and the- uh, Oh. Yeah, and you can change the settings. Oh, yeah, no, I was thinking very simple, like just changing the, oh, no, I, that was the, the first, water heater. Yes, I went, I went literally all out. Yeah, I'm like, like how wow. do I avoid this at all costs? Because wow. I'm like, 
you're going to burn yourself. Yeah, he's going to hurt himself. It's going to hurt himself, and he doesn't know any better. Mm-hmm. So doing all of those things now, what he will do is mostly like try to hit him. Like he'll smack his head with his own hand when he gets hard, or he'll like smack his own hand, like slap his own hand. So we have moments of that. And another challenging thing is he was try, is she'll try to headbutt. Again, doesn't happen very often, but it does happen. So he does have moments. He tries to headbutt somebody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And I'm seeing more of those as we're going, which I hate to say, even puberty. Like the word, like I'm not ready for all that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not ready to go through it. But it's a reality. We're going to go through it. Yeah. So. And it's tough. It's and it's tough because there's going to be hormonal changes. And also Robert has ADHD. Mm-hmm. So around the age of seven, um, he started medication. And I for waited for, ADHD. A, I waited a very long time. I did not want to. Like a to. Ritalin? He's on Abilify. Okay. And Abilify for him, they kind of described it more of as a, it's a new drug that they're using for autistic children. So it truly kind of helps him kind of stay neutral and balanced okay. in many ways. And I can tell we started at the lowest dosage possible. As doctors, we do um, blood work every six months to make sure he's, I think it's processed by the liver. I forget, don't quote me on that, but I know it's something like that, right? So they checked his liver uh, numbers and make sure we're doing good. Okay. So every, I'm very adamant about it. I'm like, you're still taking a, a drug, right? That's being processed by your body and you're so young. So I don't know what the long-term effects look like. So yeah. we're very, very cautious with it. Just recently, um, he was bumped up to five mLs. So we went from like one to two, three, and then five. Mm-hmm. So there has been changes in the dosage because he's growing mm-hmm. yeah. and he's metabolizing it way faster. Yeah. So I could tell during the day when, when little notes start coming from his teacher, like, hey, Robert had a rough afternoon or, you know, these, I'm like, and even at home, he would have what challenges. What special kind of school do you send him to? He goes to a public school within Hillsborough County. Okay. It's um, called Hammond Elementary. Love their school. They're wolf cub. My daughter loves them. <laughs> She's there as well. Okay. But um, And your daughter, what's the, what is it? Neuro? Is What's the word for like normal? <laughs> I guess it would be like. No, She's not know. neurodivergent. Correct. <laughs> neurotypical. 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 Neurotypical, I think is a good word. Yeah. Or just normal d- developing Normal developing the, child. Yeah, normal developing child. Like, Correct. You know. Okay. Um, so they go to he they go to a public school here in Hillsborough County. Within that school system, they have um, a special needs program. Okay. And Good. they have a specialist that you know. Um, what do they call? What is her actual title? I forget her title, but she's like the special needs program coordinator. And there's special needs teachers, and they have contained classrooms. What that means is that only the children in those classrooms are neurodiverse for whatever. It could be autism. It could be in a wheelchair. It could be a, a, you know, down syndrome. There's all of these children are in these classrooms. So there's a teacher who's special needs teacher, and they usually have one para in classroom and then another one that floats around as needed. And that's, uh, you know, Hillsborough County public schools, Mm -hmm. no cost to you. No. But then circling back to like the device, Mm -hmm. they're like, Oh yeah, and it'll be like four to seven thousand mm-hmm. dollars. This was in a private setting. Oh okay, right. So when I went to the special uh, St. Joseph's Children's Hospital in St. Pete, okay, that's when they were like, "Well, this is going to cost you between four and four and seven grand." Like, okay, how how do we how do we speed this up? <laughs> and and again, waiting lists. 
We st- we're still on that waiting list, by the way. So even if you had the money mm-hmm. and you were like, yeah, where do I, who, who do I make the check out to? You, you still wouldn't list. have access because no. you, there's a, a huge waiting list. So at least that was my experience. Yes. Okay. Like I, st- I believe our name is still on there because I never had taken it off. Okay. So it, your husband, your, your partner, <laughs> my partner. is um, an engineer, software engineer. Software developer. Yeah. Software developer. Mm-hmm. And you two were sitting around and you were like, let's, let's fill this gap. Uh, how, for do we, our how do son. we, exactly. How do we help Robert right? and, and other children at and, the same time? Correct. So it really started, and I don't want to say selfishly, but they it, all, everything, it started yeah. with that purpose. Like, yeah. how do I help my own child? Mm-hmm. And that's where this idea came from. And he was like, we can do this. Like, he's like, I can, we can hire a developing, a develop, an app developer, sorry. And we can get this done the way that you feel it's best, especially for Robert. So we hired an, uh, de- an app developer. They've been phenomenal. Actually, one of the developer's wives is a speech therapist. So she's been like a, a godsend in a way because we get a lot of you know feedback in terms of what she feels like would be good. Like, again, I started to use for Robert, but when you start thinking of the masses and how sure. we can help more people, that's when I feel like you need more input from the outside. We're almost never alone. We think that like mm-hmm. our problems are our own, but almost always there's a ton of other people with the same issue. Oh, absolutely. So, and I can tell you that as a mom, the child with autism, it can feel sometimes so isolating and you feel so much like you're in a little island mm-hmm. because I've had the experience where I've had gone, let's say to a grocery store with my child and he wanted something right there at the checkout lounge because they have everything, the candies, the everything sitting there. And he would hand me something. I'm like, nobody, like if you were going to eat it, I would actually buy it. But he just wants to empty out the container of the Mentos and just play with the container. Every single time we go, we went through the aisle. It doesn't happen as much anymore, but it did. So, and I would have people look at me like, and he would cry or scream or whatever. And I just kind of, I can't acknowledge every single behavior. So I'm like, Robert, you're fine. Like you're okay. Right. Let's, let's keep moving. And I'd have people look at me and tell me, Oh my God, your son's so spoiled. Or he's a brat. I even had a lady as much come to, he was sitting in a cart. This is when my daughter was really young and I had to go in the store to get something. And I'm like, it's one of those moments as a mom that you're like, this isn't, this is going to be like fast. Cause I know we're, <laughs> we need to get going before, uh, you know, um, everybody loses their calm. So I put them in the cart. I'm like running in to get what I need. Robert starts screaming. And this lady walks up to him while he's sitting in the cart, as I'm grabbing something from the aisle, I didn't see her walk up because, you know, my Latin mom would come out mm-hmm, and she mm-hmm. walks up and she's like, go home to my child. I mean, I, I, I don't know how I didn't lose my cool, but I wanted to so bad. I was like, how dare you? And who the heck are you to come up to somebody else's child? Like, you don't know what's going on. I feel like so many people don't have empathy it's just like they're in it for themselves. They just want to come and go as they please and everybody else can, you know, I'm like, no. So back to the development aspect mm-hmm. of the communication device. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the idea was born from the fact that this, uh, a, a similar device was recommended to you, but there's this huge wait list. Mm-hmm. The, there's a big price point. You're, you have the opportunistic scenario that you're, partner mm-hmm. is a software developer. So you have the ability to, to pull this off and then you have the passion for it because you're personally affected by this and Correct. there's a big gap. So you guys sat down and what happened? So then we 
sat down like, how do we actually do this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And that's a, like, where I think do we start with That's this? where everybody gets stuck. Yes. Or not, not everybody. Most, Most people, people get stuck at how the heck am I going to pull this off? And what am I going to, like, what do we do? So I remember the first thing was I had such a, I would re- almost recommend to anybody, if you have a big, like my, I found my purpose, which many people call a goal, mm-hmm. but my purpose was definitely like, not only just to help my child, but how do I help in this community, which can feel very isolating at times yes. through um, meeting other parents at whether it be at school or my son's therapy centers, or even speaking to other like um, therapists or things of that nature. Like you feel like you're very much alone. So I'm like, how do we, how do we make this happen? Like, I really, really want to be able to help more children, especially like, like nonverbal children. Mm-hmm. So the 501c came about, um, I had some funds set aside that were already in a 501c. This is, this, so this is my story. I already had a 501c um, from many, many moons ago um, okay. from my previous life, I call it. Okay. So an, another <laughs> Correct. business idea, or not business idea, another yes. and that something was, that was And that was utilized by a different business at the time. And for many years, it just kind of sat there. All right. Just for those in the back. Yeah. <laughs> and that's usually me. What, how exactly would you define, like, what is a 501c3? What makes it that? Basically, you have to, it's a transparency to things in terms of your funding. Like, okay. well, how to use your funds. So- for example, if you have, like for us, we have a 501c and you, people can donate to our foundation. Mm-hmm. You donate to us, it's, it goes through our bank account and basically all of our funds go back into our foundation. Mm-hmm. Like all of our money is directly 100% put into the foundation. Nobody's getting paid salaries. Nobody's taking money out for anything else other than directly used for the foundation. At least that's the way we run it. Okay. I'm not saying that everybody else does it that way because I don't know. And so it's tax free. It's tax free do- for the donors. Okay. Yes. Do you pay taxes? We have to file taxes every year. Yes. Now, do we pay taxes? No. But you file taxes. We have uh, to with the okay. Yes, and there's a very. I mean, my partner is the one who takes care of all the that in terms. So I couldn't go into the specifics because we have do have an accountant to do all that for us. Because again, so I want to be an accountant to we do did. it. We did. We want to make sure that we're complying in every yeah. single way. And I hear you have to have like a board or some kind of a correct. A stru- what is what is there? Have to be three board members. Okay. Um, to be a part of the, you know, to be able to create the 501c and even to file it. So so it's you, your partner, and, and who was your third brother. person? Your brother. Yes. Okay. My brother, who again, he is an IT. He works for the military. Okay. He obviously knows and wants us to succeed as much as possible and is very much invested in the cause. So, and his wife is a physician. So we're like, you know, we That's have, perfect. we have exactly, we have so this great team. It's knowledgeable people that can actually contribute. Correct. And also we, I wanted to make sure there was different voices from different, you know, not just, Hey, my partner and I had a friend who's just going to do whatever we want. I wanted somebody, especially like my brother, whose wife is a physician to be like a voice of reason. Got it. You know, and in, in terms of how we structure things and do things. So it, I feel like we have a really good balance. Like okay. we can all throw ideas around and well, this doesn't sound great or this doesn't sound like I want it to be like a very equal playing field. Okay. So speaking of money, you, you make, you're making it sound like the foundation is very self-sustaining. Like, you know, it sustains itself. It doesn't pay anybody. No. If, if I decide I wanted to quit my job and start a nonprofit, I know of a lot of people or I've heard of people or I'm under the impression that people, they start a nonprofit and then they can pay themselves a salary. They can. I mean, if I feel like if it gets to the point where, 
we have enough funds where my cause is still my number one priority and that I can just fund everything that we wanted to in our terms of our foundation. And there's still, because it eventually will turn into a full-time job, correct? But at this moment, it's, I mean, I treat it like a full-time job because I'm completely devoted to it. Mm-hmm. And it is my purpose. Like, I feel like I found at the age of 40, like my true purpose in life, mm-hmm. right? Which is to be a voice, not only for those who can't speak for themselves, but for parents in the autism community, I want to do that. Like I want to bring us all together because we're not alone. I know that feeling all too well. So I'm like, how do I make this my everyday quote unquote job? Right. So yeah, eventually if hopefully willingly, it will get to the point where we have enough money in the bank where I can draw salary from it. That would be amazing. Okay. You know, and that would be my ultimate goal for sure. Okay. So, but right now this is- Not to call it a side hustle, but it's like a, you know, it's, it's not, a- it's a st- I would call it like a startup where I feel like if you think of startups, I usually have a loss in the first few years sure. in terms of finances where the loss is just my time. Yeah. Right. So that's pretty much it. So, so did you ideate how the software was going to function? I did. I had a very, and again, speaking with the developers and the speech therapists, I just wanted to make it simple. So we broke it down into different eight categories and for example, like I'll give you- Wait, wait. So you went to your your son's therapist and said- Speech therapist, yes. Speech therapist and said, I want to create a new app. Can I pick your brain? I did. Okay. Yep. And, and they were like, sure. And they're like, anything we can do to help. All right. So you Absolutely. set up a meeting, sat down. Mm-hmm. And we you- talked it over. And she just kind of gave me ideas of like the basic categories of what I can make this simple, right? Because so many apps, you open the front page and it's like- all these different things and you have to click one and then it takes you to another thing. And then from there you need to open another thing. I'm like, I want to make this as simple as possible. Right. I want to be able to click a button. There are my categories. So what we were able to do is, I mean, we started, so let me get backtrack real quick with the speech therapy with Robert. He learned to communicate via PECS. Picture, what? picture exchange communication. P-E-C. Okay. okay. PECS. Got it. That's a very quote unquote normal term when you're speaking to speech therapists, like PECS communication. Right. If you go in my son's classroom at Hammond Elementary, every single thing has a picture with the name on it. Okay. So like, for example, when Robert wants to use the bathroom, he picks up the PECS card that's like the toilet or bathroom, whatever they decided to put in the picture. He hands it to his teacher. So his teacher knows, oh, you want to use the bathroom. So we got to the point with Robert that we were able to communicate via PECS. So that's where our AAC device is basically. We have images, PEX cards, and then we have audio files. So when you click the image on our on our device, it'll say bathroom. what it is. It'll say bathroom. Okay. Or it'll say hungry. Or it'll say tired, sleep, whatever. The actual PEX card, the word, it will actually say it. That sounds simple enough. It's simple enough, right? So going through all of these different apps that I was looking at, I'm like, wait, why is this so hard? I have to click on the food (laughs) and then it gives me three different options, either lunch, dinner. That's not for that. Yes. That's not for Robert. No, It's not for Robert. It's especially Robert. No, it's not. He just wants food. Yes. It could be, it could be. He can't. Would you say that he can't categorize in his brain? Because in order to do that, you have to understand categorizing what you said. Mm-hmm. The, it has to be somebody that already knows how to communicate. Correct. So they need to know, oh, apple is in the food category oh, under the, the fruit and vegetable. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, fruit and vegetables. <laughs> under the fruit. <laughs> but normally they categorize them, Taylor, fruits and vegetables. It's yeah. very, it's very common to yeah. me. So yeah, 
Just, kind of like using the app at Publix, trying to like do I your know, grocery do your shopping. Grocery shop, which is, do, can, do I think Robert can categorize? Yes and no. There's certain things that I feel like he can, but when it comes to food, especially in our home, I I don't separate. Like, oh, if you want an apple and it's like seven thirty at night, I'm not gonna say no. Like, we caught it up. You eat the apple. Like, sometimes I want eggs and you know hash brown for dinner. Sure, sure, sure. So there's not a category in terms of like separating foods. Oh, like you can only have cereal in the morning. No, sometimes I want a little cereal at night. Like, whatever. So the way so I didn't categorize it by time of day, which is mostly like how people do like lunch and dinner, very specific. Sure. Very breakfast specific. No, I just want foods. Give me the foods. Let so him click on the things that just says food and boom, there are the foods. Okay. Yeah. So food and then foods. Correct. And, and then and then you as a parent can program the food, the most commonly requested foods that you know your child. So this is what we're still kind of like trying to figure out in terms of our 501c and how we want to do things. Okay. Right now I have over 400 PEX cards within the application, within the different categories. Oh, sounds like a lot to me. They have voice over, I've, I did all the voice files in English and Spanish, male and female, mm-hmm. because that's another community that's very underserved, especially community. when it comes to AAC devices mm-hmm. um, and speech therapy, just therapy all around. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to include that on there. Good. So because you can, because I can, because you can, <laughs> <It's> correct. <laughs> so we have all these pecs cards on there, and I want to, I need to control at least for the time being what content is being put under our brand, if you will. Okay. You know, I did think about like, okay, so what if a parent wants to add a specific picture of like, for example, now Robert is going back to wanting pediasures. Okay. He saw another child in his therapy center that had one. He wanted it. Yeah. My he daughter's re- on a fruit roll-up thing He requested now. She, it, yes. Yeah, she's like, mommy, how, you didn't pack fruit roll-up. So <laughs> do I create something that parents can just create their own images and audio files? But then that also opens up for things that we may not necessarily want to be associated with us, like inappropriate things. Because we have to be honest, people can get a little crazy. Well, So how do I control what is actually being added? I mean- if and that's the part where we're, we're we'll figure it out. If it's your personal device, doesn't mm-hmm. does it matter? Because like, well, because it would be through our app. But then if you, but but are you saying that like if I uploaded microphone, mm-hmm. that that it would be shared throughout the entire network? So that's that's the other thing. Like, how do you can add it to your device? But I don't think it would be under our app because yeah. essentially our app would have to be like refreshed every time something gets added to it. So you can download it yourself and put it on the on the. On the actual device, does that make sense? Yeah, I think. I mean, and so it would be like a, up, like updates, the, updating the app constantly. I think that you sh- you your package, your brand should mm-hmm. bring, uh, you know, just like just a, the standard common stuff. And, and that's then what we did. Allow the parents the ability. I'm thinking of like Forky. You know, Forky right. is a is an invented. Uh, toy. Right. So what if, what if your child creates his own Forky and like, that's his Forky and you can take a picture and be like Forky and then save it. Mm -hmm. And then your app is very custom to you. And even if you pushed updates, it would still merge with the, so in terms of the software side, that's what we're trying to kind of figure out. Okay. Like right now we're in the final stages of finally putting all these 400 images together Mm -hmm. in the different eight categories with all of the audio files. So that's like, I feel like that's my first version of it. Yeah. So, so in terms of pulling it off, you've got the developers, you've got the teachers to consult, you've got a pediatrician, whatever, uh, uh, the, the doctor, mm-hmm. um, you speak English and Spanish, mm-hmm. um, images, how you cannot just grab any image off the internet and put it in your app. No. 
So how did you go about uh, sourcing all of these different images? So in a, a, in what I yeah. would imagine would be a consistent format. Correct. So that's where I used Fiverr. Okay. So I hired, uh, I think I'd looked for like a Photoshop expert at the time. Okay. I connected with somebody. He definitely understand what we needed because they had to be 250 by 250 pixels, what, pixels yep. PNG format, mm -hmm. clear backgrounds mm -hmm. with no words on background. it. Correct. Yep. So I sent him all of my images, which I had sheets and sheets and sheets of. And within, I think it was like 10 days, I literally got them all back. In the correct format. In the correct format that our developers could use for our app. Very yeah, good. So that's, Very I outsourced that. Yes. yes, I outsourced that. Because listen, I know a lot of things, but <laughs> yeah, I know my limitations. Sure, absolutely. And I, I think any successful business owner knows uh, to make a list of things that they should be doing and things that they should be delegating to people. And, uh, you know, Fiverr is not... Um, <laughs> paying me to say this. I'm on Fiverr. I yes. do the, my voiceover gigs. It started out as a little side hustle for like grocery money That's because awesome. I can, uh, you know, just doing the whole like English and Spanish IVR stuff. Um, and now it's turned into a really cool source of like side income. So I, I, I love Fiverr. And even with our agency, you know, when we receive uh, projects from clients, there's a lot of little moving parts to it. And every right. once in a while I'll turn to Fiverr, um, to, to get some of the needs met so that we can pull off the whole project sure. together. So I definitely, I create the audio that I use on the opening. I had somebody from Fiverr do it. The promo video, uh, for the, the, yeah. for this podcast, I send it off to somebody on Fiverr. So I think Fiverr is phenomenal. Yeah, and I'm learning just about this recently. Really? <laughs> Again, my partner, Mark, was like, hey, listen, I, he's like, I can do this. He also has a full-time job. He owns his own business. He's had yeah. it for over 12 years. We're both parents. We're both, both busy. So he's like, why don't we just use Fiverr for this? He's like, yep. I've used him before for my own business. Again, he creates, he develops software. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't even know this existed. And it's amazing. When like, I, I would recommend anybody who's looking to do anything, like, again, like you just said, voiceovers, Photoshopping. Yeah. I don't have the time to teach myself how to do no. that or learn how to do that. And honestly, the cost is was so affordable yep. and so reasonable. Yeah. It wasn't like, hey, we're gonna charge you 10 grand to do it. No, it was it was I, it's a great tool. Yeah, it really absolutely. Is. And you hear Fiverr and you assume, and it kind of started out like that, like a place where you can get stuff done for five dollars. But uh, trust me, I do not charge five dollars for my voiceovers. No. Um, but you got to the point where that's like you said, a business. And yes. you're in demand mm -hmm. and you've done things that, you know, kind of like, Hey, yeah, this is my worth. This is what yeah. I work. This is what my time is worth. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, I've been telling my brother to like hop onto it for a while. Cause he's a musician and I'm like, you can just music, do custom yeah. music. You can do all anyways, not to sidetrack. The, the point is Fiverr is a really good tool. If you need to get Absolutely. stuff done. And, Highly uh, recommend it. Fiverr, you're not sponsoring me, but if you want to, you but can give me you a should. call. Yeah, like I'll, I'll take <laughs> maybe it. Maybe you should, absolutely. <laughs> um, all right, so you got that done. Yes. What What's next after? So you developed this prototype. So I and, developed and what the prototype, then? sent it all to my developers. Um, we also outsourced, I think we have over 400 devices. So they're going to, so essentially, sorry, moving away from the mic real quick. Essentially, they're like little Android tablets that we have. Ooh, hit so it is an, an actual Android tablet. Correct. It's smaller than my daughter's tablet. It's about seven inches. Okay. So we used the money that I had in the foundation. I had to, so again, going back real quick to the 501c that was there before, I had some money sitting in a 501c for a very long time. Um, I consulted with um, 
the, I guess you call the financial advisor I had at the time. I was like, what can I do with this? Like I have this really big kind of idea. I really want to move forward with this. How do I make this happen? And he was like, well, we can just roll it over, but it has to be rolled over to another 501c. It's not like I could just pull the money out, put it into a bank account, and then put it into 501c. It had to be completely rolled over. I don't understand the tax reasons. Hate or, another professional to I, do it. Exactly. <laughs> so we got all that done. I filed a 501c. I looked up the name. I, I filed it with the, floor, the state of Florida. I, we have it um, EIN number. Sure. Uh-huh. All of those. We have everything in place. But all those things take time. Sure. Like you can file it and like, oh, you have to wait for your EIN number to come in. Okay, great. We got it. Like we're like officially legit. Like it was such Mm -hmm. a cool thing to like accomplish and do all that. And then we had to put our board members in Mm -hmm. and all of that. So we got all of that done. And then it was like, okay, where do we start? All right. And let me just make sure I heard you correctly. You developed the photo, the the prototype first, mm-hmm. and then you got incorporated and got the board members and the whole EIN nine yards. So we put had together. the idea first. I don't want to see the prototype first because the prototype. If I really want to go back into it, it was probably Robert's PEX cards, and okay. many parents actually use this. Um, like Robert will have a small binder. It's actually a really tiny binder, almost mm-hmm. like maybe a little bit bigger than this. It's mm-hmm. so like a ten by ten binder, a really tiny binder, and inside of it there'll be pages with actual PEX card with like Velcro behind them. Okay. So they're online, they're little Velcros. And that's how we first started communicating. We had this binder, he carries around everywhere and we called those his words. Okay. So I was like, how do I incorporate that in a, you know, like a device type thing? And I knew about the AAC devices, but I'm like, okay, so, and I knew about the apps were already out there. So how do we make this easy and functional? And being like for a child to be able to use like like his PECS book. Mm-hmm. That's what they call it, PECS book. So with that, if you want to call that a prototype, that was our first prototype was essentially like the actual PECS card. Got it. And then the idea came about, okay, how do we move forward? So we sourced devices was the first thing we did. We secured some devices because they're from overseas and they can take months to come in. What devices that are overseas? So like the, the, the Android tablet. tablets, okay. correct. The Android tablets that we outsourced, we sourced we had to wait for them to come in from overseas. How did you decide or pick? You know what? That I have to give full credit to my partner. Okay. He has, again, been in business for over 12 years in many different, I always say he's lived an interesting life because he's been in many different things throughout his career. He's done a lot of different things around his career. So he kind of knew where to go. And well, he was the one responsible for that. Why would you need a specific device? And why why can't it be just an app that I download to my phone? I guess it was the way it was developed. We did it first with the Android tablets because that's another thing. As a parent, you'd have to be able to afford a device. Right. And and there's actually a couple of um, nonprofits that they will, quote unquote, give you a device. Like you can actually see what these nonprofits make because they have to file it, like what their money is and everything else. And I remember looking at this particular, um, I don't remember the name of it. This is years ago. Pause, pause. Uh-huh. Where do you access this information? How do I, how would I go see where, uh, like find out. I don't remember where it was. I think it was through autism speaks that they have their, like, um, they recommend different types of organizations. And I remember looking at a couple of them cause they sponsor them or they recommend them. Right. So I started looking into them. I'm like, wait, you quote unquote recruited $2 million in donations and you gave out a hundred devices. How does that even make sense? Wait, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. I must be confused. Were you saying that you were looking at their financials? You can see what they have in terms of their doning, like donors. 
you can ha- you can see okay this this organization claimed that they made like two in donations like two million dollars oh, okay that they received okay correct and I I can't specifically tell you where I saw that but okay. you can I know that like, if you Google it where can I see how much donors Autism Speaks uh, uh, donations Autism Speaks gets gets a year you will find it okay okay. All right, like the so salvation. Just a Google search. Yeah, I thought a, there was like a special page no, where no, I no, could no. like browse and take a look at like no, no, no. the filings of no, there's no nonprofits. You can't see the filings, like but you can see how much money they got in donations. Got it. So going back to why we decided to do the actual device, we found out this organization had a lot of money in donations, and they were giving out iPads every year. The most expensive iPad right now is yeah. what, like two grand? Yeah. Right. So this organization had plenty of money in terms of their donations, and they gave out like a hundred devices a year. Mm-hmm. I'm like. Why not do Android and give out more? Correct. So there's the, there's the cost added also to the families mm-hmm. who have children with autism. Okay, so they're going to have to go buy their own devices. Like right. I just want to be able to give them a ready product that they right. can go like take home, you yeah. start using, and you have it all. And I'm an Android person. I've had my so family. So is my partner. My, my family is like, oh, why don't you get an iPhone? Like you're in marketing and media. I can't believe you don't have an iPhone. Uh, you know, like an, a, and it's a, funny because the – I don't want to say techie people that I meet or like in terms of software or they're in terms of like the world of like communications. They, they prefer Androids. Yeah. They really do. Like, you're not the first person I've met who's like, no, I, I prefer an Android. I, I do. And I've used like my husband's yeah. iPhone and, and his, uh, yeah, my partner does not like the it. laptop. What is it called? Oh, iMac. The iMac. I don't like the and iMacs, fine. by the way. They're fine. I, I don't, I'm not an iMac. They're fine, I'm but Microsoft. I'm not like, <laughs> Anyways, I never jumped on that trend. I always learn like, you know, Microsoft on a regular yep. PC and, you know, I don't know if it's a generation thing or what, but that was, and then like, just, I know like switching over anytime you switch like that learning curve, I've always just been like, you know what? Androids are just fine. So um, just I agree with you that it's like, why are you, yeah. So if you can give out, if you can help more families by switching yes. to an Android and so you and guys, it, it wasn't just even about the Android. It was just finding a tablet mm-hmm. and Androids just seemed to be a lot more affordable Got it. and I could get them faster. Okay. So really it just became, okay, what was available that had the requirements that the developers needed in terms of, in terms of their software, yeah, yeah, the, right? The RAM or whatever. Correct. The software, whatever that they needed that worked. So we looked at, I, I, I outsourced that to my partner. And he ordered them from? Overseas. Overseas, mm-hmm. like China, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> overseas, who knows? Overseas. And then, and then, so they took a while to come in. So they how do. many tablets ta- I remember uh, at one point, they you- even, uh, uh, four or 500. Wow. So I remember for a while, even, even, even customs had them. Like I was like, they're keeping them hostage. Like, yeah. They're like, what is this like individual uh, buying? Oh, they're like, well, it was a tax thing. And it was like a, something that hadn't been paid. I'm like, everything's been paid. Yeah. Like we had all the documentation too. Like everything's been paid. And I see you have this cute little pink cover, which is an so absolute they, necessity. Yes. And even the handles because the and, kids can carry them. Yep. So we have them in pink and in blue. Mm-hmm. That just That's just... I don't want to say that to the colors we could outsource, but at the time it really was all this available because then recently we had that chip shortage. I don't know if you remember that. He's shaking his head. We had a chip For those short- in the back. Yeah, a chip shortage in <laughs> terms chip- of- Okay. Yeah, and it was something to do with like devices and um, phones and computers and laptops. Like there was this- Cars. Cars. There was a huge chip shortage for whatever reason. So as soon as we heard that, I'm like, whatever we can get, we're going to get up, of course, with the requirements that we needed. Sure. So that's when we're like, if we can get 500 now, that's where we're getting. Okay. So we got those in. They're sitting there at my house. Okay. Yeah. So you have 500 devices preloaded with your software. So they, 
right now we're at the stage where I have sent my developers every single thing because I had to tweak a couple audio files in terms of the way I saved because I did all the audio files myself, like okay. personally. I did not outsource that. It was so much work that I- It was a lot of work. It was a lot of work and I knew it would be costly. So I'm like, okay, how can I keep some costs down? If yeah, I, you that's know? one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I did all that work myself. So finally sent it all off. So now they're just putting it together like the way I want it to. Even like the logo of the app when you open the actual um, t- the device, like I have a, we have a logo that my friend Maribel Rosario did for me. She's amazing. To me, it's very personal because it's a little boy like reaching for a butterfly that has yep. like the little puzzle pieces because the puzzle piece does represent autism. Represent autism. And then it says Robert Norton Robert Foundation. Foundation. It's very pretty. It's very like, it was very personal. And the fact that it almost looked like my son, mm-hmm. I'm like, it just, it was, it just, it just had a special meaning to us. Sure. So it has that little logo on our app when you open it. And even I'm very, I don't want to say my OCD kicks in, but I'm like, I want it to look yeah. a certain way. And I want it to look good. Like I want it to be something that I'm proud to present because we've been working in this for over a year. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I want to be able to put a product out there that not only am I proud of, but I know will actually help, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. So that's where we're at right now. I'm getting like the final version of it, mm-hmm. hopefully within the next week. Okay. And then I can upload into our tablets and we are start ready to ship. How do people contact you? Yeah. Like what? So we have a website, givekidsavoice.org. Okay. And again, even that name was very, uh, was chosen very like thoughtfully. Mm-hmm. Because what we are trying to do is to give children a voice. So givekidsavoice.org, you can go on there. You can donate to our foundation through there. Again, it's a 501c. So um, for example, if you're a business, I know many businesses have budgets for different um, things that they can donate every year or can write off. Yep. We have, we, are, we have that capacity too. So you donate to us, you get the tax break. So if you're a business owner absolutely. and you need to, well, hey, I, mean, I have not these funds now. for the year. Uh, yeah, they at the need end to of the kind year. of offset. I was going to say it's yeah. probably t- more towards, but you picked, uh, actually, did we just miss like autism week? Because no. when I was trying to schedule you, okay. Autism awareness day, shall you say it's April 2nd. So yes, two days ago, April 2nd is essentially known as autism awareness day, but the whole month of April truly can be celebrated or is celebrated as autism awareness period. So yeah, April is a very big month for us. That's why I've been working so hard and trying to get all these like final tweaks done. And again, trying to be a mom, I have two children. I have my son, Robert, who'll be 10. I have a daughter who's six. Robert does about 35 hours a week of therapy. It's a constant moving in and out. I have a, I, I call my stepson because he essentially is a 17 year old stepson. You know, I have a partner, we have a home, like it's always moving. And this has yeah. essentially been my, like my full-time quote unquote job. I, I was going to say, I'm going to ask a question that people are probably wondering, yes. but it's my job to, right? It's my job as the host to ask. ask so like, away. it doesn't sound like you, you have to work. I have been very fortunate into a, in a way that I have worked, but just more, how do I say this? So I've done interior designing on the side. Okay. Yeah. But like, cause I'm thinking of, you know, um, you're divorced. Yes. There's a lot of single moms, mm-hmm. you know, you know, so I, you know, there's a whole child support, alimony, whatever scenario, but a lot of, a lot of women don't have that. No. So when we're telling your story and I'm thinking about, there's all these other women also that are, you know, they have to work mm-hmm. and, but then their child needs therapy and they need, you know, it's, it's that what happens to those moms? That's a very, uh, really rough uh, situation. It is a very rough situation. In. My heart does go to out to them because I, 
in a way, like, I don't, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how every single mom does it. And I consider them like flipping heroes yeah. because they juggle so much. Like there are moms that have to work a nine to five or they have to work, you know, 40, 80 hours a week. Like, mm-hmm. and how do they do it all? Like I, to be honest with you, I don't Sounds know. Sounds like the answer is to just stay poor. <laughs> because then you but get then, the, all the financial aid. <laughs> it does. But then you have the other side where these women have, like, for example, like my, um, my sister-in-law, she's a physician. You know, she goes to the hospital and she works. My brother works in IT in the military. She's army. So he works part time. So he can take care of their children because she's yeah. got the career, if you want to say, even though he has his own. Yeah. But in, when they decided to offset costs, like, okay, who makes more money? Right. right, right she right. does. And I think every household has does that, that kind of balance. Yes. yes. I, I can think of tons of households and families that kind of do exactly that. They're like, hey, Correct. how are we going to play this game? How are we going to figure this out? So I, to be honest with you, there are these women that probably make really good livings and they probably have to hire people to help them. Like my ex-husband mm-hmm. who works for himself, he has four different businesses or whatever. Like he has to hire help. Yeah. My you know? aunt with um, my cousin, uh, she hired, she, she owned, she owned a See? few businesses and she always was, hi- you know, hiring uh, people to, uh, spe- you know, to take care of my cousin. Um, all right. So back to what mm-hmm. we were talking about, like, so what's next? You're accepting donations yes. uh, to help advance your cause. You can also sign up through the website, givekidsavoice.org. Givekidsavoice.org. You can receive. click on the request device. Okay. And then you fill out the information there. I get the request. So I'm doing this all myself. Like I'll get the information. I'll usually ask for, in terms of what I'm really asking for parents to send is just basically like your child has been, I don't want to say evaluated for AAC device, but has been, if, I guess, yeah, has recommended. Been yes. It's been recommended as part of the Correct. therapy. Because if you have like a two, one or two year old who as a parent, you're like, okay, I know my child has developmental delays. Like it's, he's not speaking properly, everything else. Like you come to us and you request a device, like their child is probably not going to have the capacity to know how to use these devices. They're too young. Right. I'm not saying that they so won't a, need it in the a, future. A professional needs to assess the child Correct. and determine that this would be a good tool for them. Correct. So you're asking for proof of that. Correct. Maybe like a letter of recommendation. Correct. At least they're usually call evaluations. Okay. Some sort of evaluation. Your mm-hmm. child is autistic and has been recommended for an AAC device. Okay. Yes. So that's check one. Correct. Check two. Is the autism diagnosis. Okay. Yeah. Check three. That's pretty much it. I mean, it doesn't matter how much money I make. No, we have okay. no income requirements. I am not asking people to pay for them either. So when people donate and people ask me like, okay, so if I want to cover five devices, how much do I need to donate to you? I would say 500 bucks because each device cost us about a hundred dollars. Okay. Yes. And so when you officially launch, when do you plan on launching or being ready? I will month of April, April, 2023. I'll just say that. Okay. So like now mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, what happens when all of these 500 devices fly out the door right? and you haven't received funds? Then I guess we go back to square one. And I mean, I will be doing a fundraiser. I have, um, again, just from my background and the career that I had before in the fitness industry, I have a lot of contacts. I, I always say never burn a bridge because you never know sure. like, when you need to go back. Sure. So I'm hoping to be able to do a fundraiser, not only to bring awareness to our foundation, but just in the spirit of autism awareness. You know, like I, uh, I think it was, I don't want to remember, I don't remember a specific date, but it was a few years ago. I participated in the Autism Speaks Walk that happens here in Tampa every year. Mm-hmm. And Robert had just been freshly diagnosed. So I'm thinking he was like four, maybe. Um, so probably six years ago. 
And I went to this walk with my mom and my daughter and I, it brought tears to my eyes in the sense of like, oh my God, we're all here for the same cause. Like it was so incredibly overwhelming to not feel alone Mm -hmm. because it it sometimes felt like you're in a little island. Like, oh, I can't take my child out to the grocery store. People are going to give me weird looks. I get this all the time. Oh, he doesn't look autistic. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm like, if I what does a, autistic look like? I, I'm like, what does autism look like? Because there's not a look. People, <laughs> auto- that's probably uh, they're trying to give you a compliment. You know, it's it's it's. I know, very but it's difficult. like a backhanded, I ignorant know. comment, in my opinion. I'm yeah. like, w- what does that even I mean? mean? You can just be like, thanks. That's what I do. Smile. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know, Madagascar smile and nod. Yeah, thanks. smile and nod. Like, yeah, but there's not really a look, and I and I want to bring that to the forefront too. Like, autism doesn't have a look. You know, like my son, you look at him, he's a beautiful, I'm very blessed, very beautiful, healthy, blonde, blue eyed baby. Mm -hmm. Like it's in my mind. He's a baby. He's not a baby anymore, but like. Always be your baby. Yeah. He's (laughs) always going to be my baby. So people look, oh, he's so handsome. He doesn't look autistic. Yeah. And you say thanks. Because I I I think they're trying to compliment. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went, like I went to that walk and it was just like, oh my God, like this is amazing. Like he felt so, so much love and compassion and empathy and just being there, just, oh my God, it really felt like you're part of a bigger cause and community. Who is behind the current organization that's charging four to $7,000 for the current- I couldn't tell you if if my uh, life depended on it. What is the name? AD device? AAC. AAC device. I couldn't tell you if my life depended on it because honestly, I was so blown away by it. I was like, wait, what? I'd be be curious to know what- Mm -hmm corporation is behind it and also if there's any kind of like have you also thought about going the legislative route or eventually you know, sure i'd like to encompass they like, put that under our like branch if you will and like making more but i have to say tampa is a really good city in my opinion that has done a lot for autism they have certified like um, even orlando like i took the kids recently to sea world they're quote unquote considered sort of autism certified now, I don't know what that is actually means. I, I know, I'm like, what? I know, like, I think most of their staff went through training. <laughs> okay. And on how they, to interact. Correct. Okay, and to how to nice. be sensitive nice. to, to different people's needs, not mm-hmm. just people who are physically disabled. Sure. Right. Because they have all, disability has always been a thing. Like wheelchair ramps were put into uh, law many, many years ago. So now it's more of a sense, like, I don't want to say sensitivity training. It's just more of like, how do you interact with people? How do you empathize with them? How can you help? Yeah. Um, I, I, I volunteer on the marketing committee for the Glazer Children's Museum uh, here in Tampa. And I know, Love I think them. it's on Tuesdays, they mm-hmm. do the sensory. La- third Sunday of every month. Thank you. The yes. third Sunday of every month, yes. they do sensory. They open the uh, the museum about two hours earlier. Mm-hmm. They have their lights turned down. So sense- Is that helpful? Does that help to, I mean, to lower the lights? And- to some children, I'm sure it is because okay. it can be like, you know, very like overwhelming, very, they can be very sensitive. Mm-hmm. You know, Robert is not much sensitive to light. Mm-hmm. Now it was funny, he's, he's kind of outgrown certain, I don't want to say outgrown, but I don't know if he's become more tolerant Okay, yeah. in terms of like sensitivity to like noises and crowds. Like before Robert was, would we consider a runner? Okay. So he would see something he wants and it didn't matter what was happening, whether he was safe or not, he would just sprint yeah. and go out the door. Like I have a friend right now whose son, is on the spectrum. He has also Down syndrome. He has other conditions and he's a runner. Like he will open the front door, just take off. It's terrible. And he's a teenager. So he has taken off. They live in Hyde Park and he's ended up like in downtown Tampa. Wow. So all those things are scary. And she's a single mom. And there he's like super fine. If it was, we'd be like, <sighs> I'd be dying. 
I'm like, what? Like, no, he's just like running around, yeah. like walking around barefoot, super like being. a super being, like nothing ever happened. But as a parent, you're like, what? Yeah, yeah. So I have like cameras all over my house. I have like locks all over my house sure. just because, I mean, Robert did have a time where he was a runner. He never got outside my house. Yeah. But that fear was just there. And again, yeah. being a single mom and lived by myself for a long time, like, mm. yeah, no, I'm like, I need some sort of peace of mind. All right. So um, you come from the fitness industry. You're a former, say, say it again. So I competed back in the day, way many moons and moons ago in the figure category okay. in natural bodybuilding, because there is a difference. There's a distinction. When you talk to anybody who's been in the fitness industry, did you compete in the IFBB or did you compete in the natural organizations? I competed in the natural organizations, okay. which means we were tested for um, illegal supplements. Correct. Okay. Correct. And Not so- illegal, just uh Performance Band. enhancing. Yeah, yeah. Performance enhancing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so um, so you have contacts in that. Sorry, we're Latin. We talk with our hands. <laughs> we're just constantly bumping into it. <laughs> so you have contacts in that industry. You're going to be uh, doing a fundraiser. Is a fundraiser like in the, I'm going to make a fundraiser stage? Or do, do you have already some things in motion for it? I have a few things in motion for it. Okay. I need to finalize all of them. I feel like this year has just been so flipping crazy. Mm-hmm. It's gone so fast. I'm like, it's already April, right? Yeah. Like it's it's gone so incredibly fast. So I have a few contacts in the fitness industry, in the local communities. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually, I don't know if you ever heard of Duamichi. Yeah, it sounds familiar. What is that? Duamichi is a pizza shop in Ybor City. Okay. And I actually met the owner when we participated in the Autism Speaks Walk, I think it was two years ago, we had a little booth there and it was kind of like our first test of the waters. Sure. And this is when we had just first started talking about the app and how we wanted to do it. And the need is just there. I was just going to ask you that. Did you get that response yes. from people who were like, yes, yes, yes. Oh my God, that would be wonderful. Correct. We would love to have something And we also like had received some quite a few donations also from there, which have allowed us to continue to move forward okay. because you brought up a good point. Like what happens when you run out of funds? Like, yeah, which I would, Im- not, not funds. Well, I mean, yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, I was thinking devices, but yes, immediately it's like, well, you would use funds to purchase more, but if there's no funds. Correct. So I'm hoping we never get to that point. I'm hoping that we can continue to, once we have, you know, hopefully been able to give out our devices, like people will acknowledge the fact that this has been not only a huge help, but it's changed their lives because it has changed mine. It truly has. And I hope that we can continue to open doors and continue to grow as we go along. Um, so your your fundraising plan is to do an actual fundraiser, Correct. which I imagine is a gala or something super fun. I haven't decided me. if I want to do it. <laughs> of course, I haven't decided if I want to do it super fancy or casual because I want especially Robert to be a part of it. Yes, right? that's so very good. He's thought. the center of it. He's why we started this. Right. Is this why I'm here today? You know, and events are tough on like normal people. Like, Absolutely. I get a little bit anxiety before an event. You know, I got to like, and, talk and myself from my fitness industry backgrounds, what I was going to say, I did host quite a few events. Okay. Like I used to host a bodybuilding show here in Tampa. Okay, so you back have experience in the day. putting it together. A powerlifting me. Like I've hosted VIP camps where I've had to flown people in, things of that nature. So okay. I'm, I'm familiar how things essentially work. Yeah. And that aspect of putting events on is just figuring out do I wanted to do it? more casual, more, I, I kind of more in the casual route. Yeah. Nothing super fancy or super event, but, uh, but going back to Duamichi, I met the owner at, when we did our autism speaks walk, we had a booth there. We definitely connected with the community and he comes up to us. It's like, I'm a business owner here in Tampa. Like I actually donate to autism speaks. He actually sells sauce, like tomato sauce, like pizza sauce. 
One is specifically for autism, one's for breast cancer. Oh, wow. So you can nice. go to a shop right now and buy it. They have the a blue label on it. Mm-hmm. Those for autism. They have the pink label on it. Those are for breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So it's really big, avid, like, you know, um, promoter and, and, and also wants to give back to the community. I love it. Yeah. So do Amici and Ybor City. I love them. What other tactics do you have in place or that are you thinking of to help you with your fundraising efforts? What do you mean by tactics? Like in terms of networking? Of just making sure that you're doing activities to make sure you're getting donations in and building awareness of the Robert Norton Foundation. Obviously, this is a tactic right here. Just chatting with us and then the promotion to spread it. I'm going to be partnering hopefully soon with the different chambers of commerce. I know there's a couple different ones within the Tampa Bay area. Mm -hmm. I've also met with um, a company that I believe it's just as you are, okay. I believe is their name, they provide evaluations for children virtually, mm-hmm. which during the pandemic yep. became a Perfect. need. So mm-hmm. that's how they created it. I think there are nine states, hopefully becoming more in the 50 states. So I want to partner with CARD at USF. I've, I've not spoken with about what CARD, CARD, C-A-R-D. Okay. And they are a huge resource in terms in the community about not only just children, but people and adults with disabilities. What does CARD stand for? Center for Autism and Related Disabilities at USF. Okay. I didn't realize there's a Center for Autism and Related Disabilities disabilities at USF. The University of South Florida. Where we first met. (laughs) Where we met. Back in the day. Back in the day. We're not going to say when. <laughs> no. Just a No, but the, 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 the hit song was apple bottom jeans, boots with the fur. All right. That dated us already. Everybody knows. Everybody knows our age we, now. We're the OG. <laughs> oh, so I want to partner with different like organizations. My son's neurologist. I know he's in huge demand. Like mm-hmm. I know the waiting list to get into his appointments are crazy. I just want to start partnering with people in the community and hopefully be able to take it like more. And ask them, be like, how can I get donations? Correct. How can I get foundation money? How can I get, or so I, you can I, fill any, up that, correct. that, uh, correct. that account. So you can just keep purchasing, do the R and D for the software, uh, do improvements. Uh, hopefully you have like a, a little section in there for people to s- submit ideas. So that as you're actually a good one. I don't know if you have that one on the show. So as free advice. That's a great idea. And this uh, is why I like partnering and networking because you learn. Everybody has something to teach and share. Um, So yeah. So like as people are using it in real time, they can, there's a button where they can just submit an idea, submit a suggestion. Suggestion. You guys can sit down periodically and review them and then be like, hey, I didn't think of this. or, Or dumb. <laughs> like, wait, do <laughs> like, All right. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to put that onto the side. Yeah. But that's a great idea. And I yeah. will definitely talk to Mark about that and my brother to see if we can incorporate that. Cause I think that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think no matter what business you're in, if it's for profit, not for profit, right. You cannot forget who your target audience Correct. is. It's that customer, that end user. Mm-hmm. And you have to keep your ear to the ground and like check in with them periodically. People say, Oh, you can send a survey. You can call and do I interviews. Don't do surveys. I'm sorry. You can, yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of tactics, right. Yes. And, and ways of accomplishing that goal. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you know, creating a space for people to bubble up their comments and suggestions mm-hmm. is another way to, to pull that off. That's a great idea. Uh, yeah. Phenomenal idea. We're also on Instagram, which I also get a lot of suggestions through there. Yes. Robert Norn foundation. You can follow us. And I get a lot of people sending me messages. Hey, uh, have you thought about this or that or whatever? So I have used that medium or that tactic, if you will. Yep. But I know a whole different level of putting it into our website would be a really great idea. Or no, the app, putting it inside of the app as people are using, as the parent is using 
Hmm. The app or, you know, the not yeah, app, like the software. Yeah, like suggestion box. I don't know if I can incorporate that on there. I would have to talk to our developers. I mean, listen, the, I, what's the way to say the my, worst question is the one you don't ask? Yeah, my daughter's app, because uh, I download a ton of educational apps for yeah. her. And every once in a while, she'll bump into a sec- section where she'll say, mommy, I need your help. And there's like a mathematical question. It's like, you know. 12 times 54. Oh, and, and it's for, it's for yeah, me right. it's so that I can unlock the and parental, proceed. Yeah. Right. And proceed to the next, to, to whatever yeah. it is she's trying to access. And then that's kind of a way where you can probably make it a lock function like that, where people where, where the mm. parent. So it's something that, 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 that a parent needs to have the capacity Correct. to do and that the child would just kind of get Cause stuck. right now we've, we've developed it so completely like user-friendly, easy to access. I mean, even just switch your language. It's mm-hmm. super fast, like super easy and friendly. And even to choose if you want male or female voice, cool. like it's a swipe of a little button and that's it. Like we are very limited in the amount of function functionality that we have on there. Yeah. To keep it simple. To keep it simple. Mine very was like, good. keep it simple. Yeah. And that's correct. Keep it, uh, kiss. Keep Kit. it simple, stupid. That was my mom. Like, yeah, that's exactly what I said. All right. To donate yes. or to request a device, give kids a org. Correct. You make me sound like I knew what it was. <laughs> like I'm so smart and I remembered that on my own. Like I don't have mommy brain, a permanent case of Listen, mommy brain. Listen, that's always permanent. It's almost 10 years into it and I still use it. I was calling this morning to make an appointment for like my uh, mammogram. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are so fun. And I said- <laughs> So I called fun. and I was like, hi, I'm calling to make an appointment for my mammography. And they're like, <laughs> and the lady goes, okay? you mean mammogram? mammogram? And I'm thinking, see, see, mammographia. Uh-huh. I just said it in like mammography. Spanglish. Yeah. Like un, uh, a total invento, like all <sighs> the time. These are such fun appointments to make, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. And you know, and it's, and it pisses me off how complicated it is. Because, and this is, uh, it's, it is kind of related because if you, if, if your doctor writes diagnostic, mm. it's not covered and you have like this, in, you know, this deductible or it goes towards your deductible, but it, even Insurance if, just sucks. even if it, it, yes. And so, and I'm sure that it's happened to you with Robert that you have to like g- liaise between the insurance and the doctors to be covered or to receive, you know, benefits that you really, Correct. you're not trying to game the system. It's, it's just a lot of bullshit. Mm-hmm. So for example, bullshit. so <laughs> it's your podcast. Say it's my podcast. I, I didn't say bullshit. It's not intended for <laughs> children. From- this podcast is intended for mature audiences uh, only. only. Oh my God. That sounded so sexy. Not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> but even with like Robert insurance, like his father has him on insurance, you know, mm-hmm. private insurance. Mm-hmm. There's only certain amount of therapies they'll cover a year. And I'm pretty sure he's, he, listen, he's got to be paying a lot of money for that. Cause that ain't cheap. And there's only certain like therapies a year they'll cover like, Oh, we'll cover like 35 sessions. Okay. So that's what a month, maybe two of therapy sessions. If you know, he doesn't go up, he got like speech and OT. I think it's like 35 sessions a year. Mm-hmm. Well, he goes every week. So that's half the year. And then what do you do for the rest of the year? Like you have to pay for them out of pocket. And how much are those sessions per? Like a hundred something, I would imagine. I believe they're like a hundred and seventy some dollars a session. So that adds up quickly. Yeah, it does. Plus if he has like a high deductible, he has to meet his deductible first before the insurance kicks in. Like the whole insurance game to me is just a racket. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just mind blowing. Like, wait, I have to pay you every month for insurance. And then when I need the insurance, you're going to deny it. 
Yeah, you're going to limit what I can have and then you're going to deny it. And I keep thinking of, I don't know why I keep thinking of like these poor mothers that are stuck in the middle that don't have, you know, they don't make a ton of money. They, you know, they they can't. I mean, even I've met moms who have had to give up their careers. Yes. Because they have a child with special needs. Yes. And let me tell you, like my son goes to a therapy center which took me a long time to find, by the way. He goes to an ABA center, was um, Applied Behavior Analysis. Mm-hmm. And for many people, like ABA back in the day kind of had a bad rap. That it was like, oh, it was just teaching your kid how to, you know, like it was like um, like parenting your child. And I'm like, no, not at all. It's to help him cope with different things. Like for him changing like home settings, like I'm divorced, so he would go to my house or dad's house. That was a big change for him, mm-hmm. right? Just to be able to, kind of quote unquote with transitions, Mm -hmm. even from a classroom, like, oh, Robert, we're done with this subject. We're going to move on to this one. Mm -hmm. That seems so simple to many people and to so many children it is, but not, not to my son. He needed help with that. So we found a center ABA. We were doing actually first ABA at home so that the therapist would come to my house and a parent has to be home. You can't leave, like, you can't just leave them. (laughs) Oh, the therapist is home. Well, I'm going to go back to work. No, somebody. like full-time caregiver. Full-time caregiver. Like they're either a parent or a caregiver. And let me tell you, caregivers are not cheap. Uh, Finding a person that I trust as a mother to be able to take care of my son, who is, first of all, it doesn't matter if it doesn't, it doesn't, he had or didn't have special needs, but take care of my child anyway. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to be picky. Yeah, of course. I'm going to be very diligent and very picky. So. I'd have to leave them with a caregiver or I have to be home. So they would show up to my house at 3.30 in the afternoon and leave at 7. Wow. And it would be five days a week. Wow. So, yeah, let me figure out where I can work. I have to drop them off at school at 7, 10 in the morning, then pick them up at, you know, 1.45 on Mondays because that's when elementary schools gets out. Or, two, yeah, one, no, 12.45 on Mondays and 1.45 the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. And then by 3.30 I had somebody in my house. So really how you many hours? Work, you can work for Brand Envy. That's what we're doing. A, a, a lot of our uh, the people that work for me, yeah, a lot of them happen to be moms. There's we have we have male males that work with us, uh, but we just happen to be a really great workplace because it's all remote. So yeah. if 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 you have um, a, you know a background in marketing or you know just any of the different needs that we have as part of our agency, and we will be talking after this podcast. Well, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Because anything we that have, we can do to yeah, like, absolutely, we have incredibly flexible schedules. Um, and I think that that is one of the reasons why I have the people that are with me are incredibly talented. Like yeah. uh, one of my members has like a master's degree. The other That's one awesome. is like a former marketing director for like a major mall. Like these are like yeah. heavy hitters. Big hitters. Yeah. But they, but they have, ch- they're women who have chosen to prioritize their family and their children over their career for, for whatever reason, when whatever they sat down, situation is. It, yes. yes, they sat down and said, my children are going to be first. So I, so we, and we've been working remotely even well before the pandemic, we give moms an opportunity to continue to work, be involved in, you know, serious work with our clients, but because it's remote, they can work whenever they want at whatever whenever time they that they can. Yep. Correct. Uh, it, you know, uh, we're very supportive of like the untethered, you know, uh, nomad lifestyle where, you know, my, my team members will grab their laptops and they'll go, they're like, Hey, we're well, going to be in South Carolina next week, but I'm bringing my laptop. We I'm going to have internet connection. So, you know, we'll be fine. This or, is my hotspot on my phone. I, it'd be yes, from my car. Anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm we, in my car. Like 
all day. The other day, Maria, she's like, oh yeah, I'm sitting outside the library. I'm in between dropping my kids yep. off at blah, 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 blah. And I'm using the, the Wi-Fi at yeah. the Wi-Fi at the library to just have a, a meeting. And they know, everybody knows that if we're doing anything that's like sensitive, where we're accessing sensitive files to use a hotspot on your phone, you don't want to be jumping yep. on public on Wi-Fi. Public Wi-Fi. We, we know that. Um, you know, so we've, we've jumped that privacy hurdle. Make sure to the, yeah. Everybody knows. Yeah. 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 Um, to, to keep our stuff secure, but um, and you know, and, and it's been a really good opportunity for them to make money and have all the flexibility. And like, we're very respectful of like, Oh, yep. Yep. You got to go pick up your kid. Okay. Bye. Right. Oh, you right. gotta, you know, doctor's and that appointment, very challenging no problem. What you're describing is usually it's ideal, mm-hmm. but it's very hard to come by. Mm-hmm. And usually those positions get filled really, really quickly. Yep. So you have this massive need and then this very limited amount of quote unquote jobs that are available for, to fit that, you know, mold, shall we say? Yep. So, yeah. So, I mean, what you're doing is amazing and so, I applaud you for that. Thank you. Yeah. Because again, as a mom who lives that lifestyle mm-hmm. and who has chosen to prioritize my children and I always, I personally, to me, I always wanted to have children to be a mother. Mm-hmm. It's a very, it's, you know, some people say, Oh, I just wanted a family. No, I wanted to be a mom mm-hmm. and I am so incredibly grateful to have the ability and to have the, you know, support that I have to be able to do that, mm-hmm. you know? So I never want to take anything away from it. But for me, that's my journey. Yeah. You know? And before I had my, my daughter, I intellectually knew of love. Like you just know love in a, in, I think in a very intellectual way, you know, your parents love you. Yeah. You love your parents. You love your friends. I, mean, Latin, you I love think a, it's a very cultural thing. You love a boyfriend, whatever. But the minute mm-hmm. I had my daughter, Mm-hmm. I, and I thought to myself, I would, I would. I never knew what I love would, was like I would, in this. No. Yes. Yeah. All those songs, all the journey songs, you know, yeah. like all of those like songs that I used to Celine like Dion. sit. Yeah. I used to sit out and like stare in the sky and like listen to the, you know, on long rides. I feel like th- that love is romanticized a lot. And I think yeah. a lot of that comes back mm-hmm. from like, I don't want to say Hollywood, but by movies and the way everything's presented, like love is a very it's a very strong emotion and it also has to do a lot with hormones in your body sure. and you feel that you quote unquote feel it, but there's just something so special and different about it when think- you carry a life and you create a life mm-hmm. and you bring them to this world. Like I don't want to say, cause I know it's not the same for everybody, but to me, those mama bear instincts kicked in and that mm-hmm. instinct to just protect, provide yes. and, and like unconditional yes. love. Yes. I never knew anything like it. Me neither. I, it was an intense, it was so, in, it's just the love is so intense. Like I would, I would cut off my, my left, limbs left. for your children. It, yes. yes. With no question. Like, no, like it's funny because back in the day I would see these videos of like, I don't know if it's real or not, but like this mom, like, Oh, you know, picked up a car to get her kid out of, was stuck under there. Like you're like, it's, you have, you will, Find strength yes. that you never knew you had. Yeah. That mother motherly love is intense. And I remember calling my mom and being like, is this how you feel about me? I and know. she goes, yeah, my whole life. My and whole I was life, like, yeah. I had no idea. Oh, I, I, I really didn't know that you, like, I had no idea. I'd never felt this before. This is yeah. really over the top. And she's See, like, yeah, I, it was it funny is. because it was. <laughs> I have a very special, and I, my mother has also been very instrumental. I need to bring her up because she truly has been. My mother has been so instrumental. My mom worked with autistic kiddos in Puerto Rico. What a coincidence. I know. So my mom was a para, so she was like the assistant. And in Puerto Rico, kids get, get assigned para. So she was assigned to this little girl. What is para? Because um, that's what they're called. Para. Para. P-A-R-A. P-A-R-A. Para. 
And do, in Puerto Rico, do we para say para? I don't know if there was called para, but that's essentially what it is here. All right, whatever. We'll figure so it out. So she was a paraprofessional. Yes, she worked alongside this little girl who she got paired with. And she was with this little girl from the time she was in second grade. This little girl had autism, Asperger's. Um, she self-injured, like SIBs, we call that self-injury behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom was with her all day long. Every single classroom that she went to, my mom was right there with wow. her. Wow. And she was with her for the time of second grade all the way to she graduated high school. Wow. So this little girl that kind of became like part of our family, like her yeah. family and, and ours. Like, I mean, her mother trusted my mother to be with her daughter all day long. So my mother was extremely instrumental with Robert's diagnosis. She would come and take care of Robert um, if I had to travel back then for work or had to be away for a couple days. It gives me chills a little bit. It's so, kind of like how life is, you yeah, know? Yeah, I always feel like it's like a full circle type thing. So she would kind of say things to me. And I love the fact that she felt comfortable enough to say these things because I also hear these a lot from actually from the other side, like grandmothers. Like, yeah, I see my grandson or my grandchild. I'm, like the other day I was getting my hair done and I got sat next to this lady at the hair dryer. And she was, you know, my uh, hairstylist, Robert, he goes, Yes, his name is Robert. I know. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Robert, My hairstylist, Robert, who I've known for 13 years, he goes, oh, uh, Isabel, meet so-and-so. Like she, um, her, uh, talk to Isabel. Like her son is autistic. And I was like, hey, hi, nice to meet you. And we get chatting. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so glad to meet you. Like, I don't know how to approach this subject with my daughter. Like I'm seeing these uh, developmental delays and these, my, my grandson will act a little differently or I see these little things and I don't know how to bring it up to her because she's so defensive about it. Like she doesn't want to like acknowledge it. It is such a common thing, by the way. I can honestly say that I feel like my co-parent had a hard time accepting our son's diagnosis sure. for many different reasons. Sure. I, don't, I won't speak it, for yeah, him, but I, I just know that that was a thing. It, it's no, in a way it's mm-hmm. normal. And I feel like males also had a little harder time with like, overall- I, because, I mean, their bond I know is different to our children. It's just different, and, it is, it is and it's okay. It is different. Um, so When my daughter used to cry uh, when she was a baby, my husband would be like, you know, you're you're attending too much to her needs, whatever. And I would say, you don't understand. When she cries, I feel physically pain. uncomfortable. Yes, I can't like, handle it. Like, I cannot stand it. He's like, oh, just let her cry. I feel fine. I'm like, I, mm-hmm. don't, I don't know if it's biologically hardwired, but when she cries- yes. I, Those instincts, I, like, I feel this inevitable, like I have to do something to comfort her. Yes. So it is definitely different. It is completely different. So she comes up to me and she's like, how do I approach this as my daughter? I'm like, listen, I'm first of all, like applaud you for like acknowledging these things and wanting to, she's like, but I don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. I said, I just think you need to sit one-on-one with your daughter this is because many people t- tend to blame themselves. Like they feel attacked. They feel like if you tell them something about their child, like, and it's a very sensitive subject to begin right, with, right. And you have to know how to approach it. Like people think that it's like, oh my God, you're judging me. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're attacking me. Like I'm doing something wrong. No. Like, I feel like you need to sit down with her very one-on-one and just be open. Like, listen, I, have you thought about maybe trying different things or have you tried to talk to the pediatrician about it? And that's the other thing. Like, I feel like parents also need to trust their instincts. From my experience with our first pediatrician, I kind of brought up a couple of things that I had spoken to my mother about. She's like, oh, he'll outgrow it. It's okay. He'll 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 get there. Like what? Like a couple of things of developmental delays. Like he wasn't using his pointer finger. He wasn't really saying like mama. Like, and then Robert had like eight or nine ear infections in a row. 
like it was like a few months where is that, there a correlation? Because I, I don't think my there, cousin also had. I don't a lot know of- for sure. I can speak to that because I'm not an expert in that subject. But I can say that at least for Robert, he had about eight or nine ear infections in a row. I was like, this is not normal. And our doctor, Peter Chin, is like, oh, when he reaches over ten, then that's considered chronic. And I'm like, this is too much. Like, no, uh, uh-uh, uh, no. So I found an ENT. I took my child to the ENT, uh, a pediatric ENT. And they're like, this is way too much. Like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, what can we do? Because I had no idea. Mm-hmm. So we put tubes in his ears and had his adenoids removed. No more ear infections. Done. Wow. And I feel like as a parent, like you have to like be that voice for your children. It doesn't matter what situation you're in, normal developing, not neurodivergent, whatever. Like you have to be that voice for your children. And even for yourself. Even for like, yourself. Uh, you know, sometimes you know something's not right or you're you're told something and mm-hmm. you still have that gnawing. Uh, Follow your instincts. Like, yeah. I always feel that gut instinct. I was like, this is not right. Mm-hmm. So we went, I switched pediatricians shortly after that. I'm like, no, nope. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not going to be, allow me to voice my opinions and actually respect them enough to try to acknowledge them, mm-hmm. then I don't need to see you anymore. Yeah. And so I did. I found a new pediatrician. And shortly after that, I was when we started, she recommended uh, Robert for speech therapy that ENT did. Mm-hmm. And the speech therapist that used to come to my house, it was once a week. So it was more of a parent training, I feel like. Yeah. People think of like therapy, like, oh, everything's going to be fixed within that hour a week. No, they give you the tools as a parent. You have to implement them in your home. Right. So this uh, speech therapist, Erica was her name. She came to my house and she sat me down and she's like, have you ever thought about getting Robert evaluated for autism? He was had just turned two or two. He was like two and a half. And I was like, nope, but if that's what you think we should do, I'm all open for it. And a lot of people fear that diagnosis, like autism. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want that label. I don't want that to be a crutch or whatever. I saw it more as a, okay, if this can open doors for him, because again, we were talking about insurance earlier. Insurance requires those diagnoses to just even be able to tell you like, oh yeah, go see a speech therapist. We'll cover, even if it's 30 sessions a year. Or you won't even get in the door for many places like speech therapy. You don't have a diagnosis. Sorry, we can't help you. Mm-hmm. So to me, I saw it more as an opportunity to help Robert in any way possible. And it did take me some time to, and I'm not going to lie, like wrap my brain around what that looked like for him. Because that inst- immediate fear wow. came into play as like, okay, how, what does that mean for his future? Right. Like you start, it's almost like you're sending him down this road. Correct. Like with I the label. Unquote, chose a path, chose a label. But at the end of the day, I'm like, if it opens doors for him and allows him to get the help that he needs, because early intervention is so key Mm -hmm. and so important. Mm -hmm. I've met parents who've waited till their children are 10 or 12 to start different therapies. And they're too late at that time. Not too late, but it's so much more harder. Like you're definitely going to push a bigger boulder up the mountain. Right. And I'm not saying that parents who start younger will have it any easier. Because again, if you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. Everybody's different. But there's been a lot of research that does support early intervention. Everything early. Language. Uh, your brain's Absolutely. very plastic. Correct. So I, I had him evaluated. I Actually, my mom, remember, came with me. And we got that diagnosis. And it was like, I don't want to say like, can I say shit got real? <laughs> sure, of course. Like, I feel like shit got real. Like, oh, my God, we're doing this. Like, I'm an autism mom now. And what does that look like not only for my child but for me? And I was expecting my daughter at that time. Yeah. So I was pregnant with my daughter. My son had just been diagnosed. So it's like all of these emotions are kind of go surging through my body and trying to like process them logically and like, okay, this is just how I'm going to be able to help my child. 
And autism isn't is 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 when I was pregnant with Victoria, being pregnant at thirty five, a geriatric mother. They I was thirty four when Livia, yeah. So they, short. They yeah. ran every test under the sun. I know the geriatric pregnancy is like what? And yeah, and they're like, your child could have Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. Your child could have this. Your child could have that. And you're like, come on, am I really that right? But anyways, because <laughs> they make you, they treat they, you like you're you una like, pasa, like, like you're yep. ancient, and yeah, like like you're oh, just, you're way past your prime. Yes, <laughs> yes. Anyways, um, is there any, there's no test or any, or anything to, to pick up autism. It, it, for all intents and purposes, it looks like a totally normal pregnancy. So with Robert, I did have like a genetic testing done, like a panel mm-hmm. run. Mm-hmm. It was my first pregnancy. They recommended it. I was like, sure, let's do it. And I remember there was something that came back that I was a carrier for, um, I can't even remember the word, but it's a very, I was a carrier for this disease, and I can't remember the name now. It's what was it? Just describe it. It was basically where the lungs don't develop properly, and you don't live very long. Oh my god! So I can't remember. Sounds the, terrible. It was it was horrible. So my then husband at the time had to get tested for it to see if he was a carrier. Thankfully, he wasn't. Okay. So the chances of our unborn child having it was like twenty five percent. Still pretty high. That's still pretty high. Yeah, so going through this whole pregnancy, like I did genetic testing, but there's no genetic testing for autism. Yeah. Now I know there's some companies out there that are offering different genetic testing for autism. I don't know much about the de- what like what if it's strand legit or what. Or I, what? I couldn't speak to it. I just remember looking into it one time, and they wanted like thirty grand for it. Yeah. I was like, moving on. Uh, what is because at the end of the day, it didn't. The way I looked at it, it's like, okay, so we're gonna get this genetic testing. Is it gonna pinpoint anything specifically that's gonna be like, okay, so this is what I should focus on? Like, is that gonna help Robert even more? Right. And that's the way I looked at it because it's an investment. Like when yeah. they talked about thirty grand, I'm like, okay, so what am I gonna get for thirty grand? Right. Am I gonna get the specific DNA okay. DNA testing where it's gonna be like, this is what you have to do? Right. Exactly. And like, what's the outcome of that? Nothing. Like, so, just information. You know, just to know. Okay. Um, I totally agree. That's that's pretty steep for just information. Uh, what is back when? Um, and again, there might, the technology might have changed from the time I looked into it. I don't know if it's any different. I haven't looked at it since 2016. Mm-hmm. So if there is new technology out there for that, I, I'm not sure. But that was my experience with it. I don't want to go down a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. But I remember way back when, you know, my cousin and my aunt, I remember they suspected vaccines were the cause of autism. Again, do not want to go down a hole, but my question is what is the latest research or suspect of what causes or does, or do we still have no idea what's causing? There's a lot of theories. Um, I think the vaccine one has been disproven Mm -hmm. quite a bit. I don't think there's any evidence to support that um, quote unquote vaccines are a culprit in quote unquote, the autism diagnosis or giving kids autism. Um, but there have been many different theories, one of which I feel like is they haven't, and I think this is why they're doing more genetic testing for it because I, they're, they have been trying to figure out if genetics played a part in it. Okay. I don't know much about quote unquote, what causes autism. I just accepted what it is because at the end yeah. of the day, it didn't matter. It doesn't matter what caused it. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is my child. Exactly. What do I do to help him? Exactly. So I did, I've never really dug into these conspiracy theories or when rabbit I, holes. Yeah, because like, it just almost like what's the, well, I mean, I think from your end, what's the point? I think in the medical and research community, mm-hmm. I think it's very whole, important to, to investigate. And I remember when for Victoria, they had asked me if I wanted to do the test for Down syndrome. Right. And I actually refused it initially. 
Yeah. And the doctor said, I don't blame Why you. would you do that? And I said, It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If she has down or if she's born with, you know, a little hobby doll or, and you know what I mean? Like, it's my baby. I'm, I'm going to love her. And she goes, Yes, but you have to understand. And, you know, the screening not only covers that, but it also covers for blah, 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 which if your daughter does have it, you now have the, the choice to terminate the pregnancy because what it, you have to understand what that's going to mean for you and what mm-hmm. she's referring to when you set emotions and aside right. intellectually, very factually, mm-hmm. it means you may need to quit your job. Mm-hmm. It means you're going to have a child that's going to require 24 seven round the clock care. This is a child that will your never life will change forever. Yes. Yes. Correctly. And like, this is like, Siri, like shit got real, like shit's going to get really real for you. And this test is going to let you make a choice whether you want to continue down the path or if you want to like abort, which again is don't want to go down a rabbit hole. Very controversial. Yes. I say, do what you want. But at 35 pregnant with Victoria, I was like, I don't care. I don't care what I'm, and so anyway, she, she kind of shamed me into taking the test. She was, she That's almost forced me into taking the test. That's not cool. And so I finally was like, okay, sure. I'll take it. Thankfully everything came back fine. But I, I had the same mindset. Like I don't, I, she's my baby. I don't I like care God, what this she is, is. This is a blessing. Exactly. You know? And, yeah. and again, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole about, I say whatever choice you want to make. Do what you want to do. It's your life. It's your life. And you should be able to make whichever mm-hmm. way you choose to go, you should make be able to make it and mm-hmm. uh, be you respected be for it either. and receive correct medical care. And information. Know. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Especially I feel like when you're pregnant, your your hormones and your emotions are just all over the place. Mm-hmm. So again, getting that diagnosis while I was pregnant, it was a lot to process and like digest and trying to figure out. Plus I was going through a divorce during that same time. So I literally my whole life went upside down within a few months. That's crazy. So I very stressful. I, I still go back and look at that. And that's where I not only did my mom help me with Robert, but my mother, if I she wasn't if she was not the woman that she is, I would I don't know what would have happened to me personally as an like as a person. She was so instrumental in getting me to where I am today. Like that woman is my rock. She's my best friend. She is uh, yeah, just incredible. Yeah. That, and that, I will always feel grateful to her. And yeah. And I and I know just the way that I love my daughter. I'm mm-hmm. I'm sure she loves you. Literally, they picked everything. They left, locked everything, picked everything up, and like moved in with me. Yeah. We got you. Yeah. Like that's just the way that I feel like our. I don't know if it's a cultural thing, whatever. I'm just grateful to it's have not the a parents that I thing. do. I, I know of people whose parents have turned their back on them. Yeah. So no, it's not cultural. I think you know you're you're just you know blessed to have a yes. very loving family. Yes, incredibly. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I am so I'm so thrilled we had we got to have this conversation and I know up. and I feel like we could talk for hours and hours I feel and hours. like yeah, I, I, <laughs> like I, my internal clock is like this has gone on like way longer. And Cannot thank you enough for having me today. And again, it's givekidsavoice.org. Follow us on Instagram as well, the Robert Norton Foundation. I'm post I try to post there a lot and like engage a lot there more. I also try to be do blog posts on our website as well. So they can contact me through email there. They can request a device. They can donate. Give kids a voice.org. Perfect. Thank you again for having me today. Thank you, I wholeheartedly appreciate it. Make sure you hit subscribe so you can be notified of new episodes where we discuss business, marketing, and peek under the hood of successful companies to understand the leadership behind the organization and best practices for today's challenges.
I'm your host, Nicole Alisea, founder and president of Brand Envy, an integrated global marketing communications firm based in sunny Tampa Bay. Learn more at createbrandenvy.com. Thanks for listening to Create Brand Envy. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Brand Envy is an integrated marketing and advertising agency that helps brands innovate while maintaining their focus and identity. To learn more or to get in touch with Nicole, visit createbrandnv.com. That's createbrand and the letters nv.com. We'll see you next time.